I'm Alex Melleris. And I'm Taisei Fu. And it is time for us to provide our update on NYR Fan, bunch of numbers, 924, etc. Because last week, he actually, I was planning to say, I was going into this episode, I was thinking yesterday, like, oh, yeah, he hasn't said anything since last week's episode. But that has all changed this morning. Because Elliot Friedman tweeted D'Angelo, NYR, on waivers. And NYR Fan, 29360244 replies, WTF, question mark. Followed up by a quote tweet that says, this is cancel culture in full effect. By the way, cancel ah. culture are both capitalized. Uh, I didn't see these tweets, so you're just bringing this news on me. I'm going to go visit his, uh, his account now. Here it is. Wow, this is cancel culture in full effect. So, you know, I saw something funny during a, a Rangers game. Um, I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast last week. Anyways, it was somebody who tweeted him during the Rangers game. Like, hey, Tony, if this is actually not you, like, reply right now. Um, and, you know, no reply there. So, like, you never know. It, it's, still, it's still very much could be D'Angelo. But, yeah, he's on waivers. That's kind of jokes. Um, he's had a miserable start to the season and uh, on the ice and off the ice, clearly. And, yeah, not the guy heading the power play anymore. Adam Fox kicked him out of that spot. And now he doesn't really bring anything. So, uh, you know, I'm sure he's a locker room cancer because he's a cancerous person. So uh, you'll have to see it. And now he can focus full-time on uh, his, his burner account. Yeah, of course. What's really important here, burner accounts. Um, speaking of being a cancer, uh, well, we already knew that. But specifically, there is like some a piece of evidence from an account. It wasn't a verified account, but it looks like someone who is like uh, does have some sort of credential. And I don't remember his name, and I can't find the account anymore. But he basically said, oh, uh, Rangers fans seem like or at least some of them seem kind of surprised. I guess they don't know what went down yesterday. And apparently uh, one of his Rangers teammates like just punched him in the face. Uh, what? Like, down in... Yeah, yesterday. Apparently, I don't know. Someone was speculating that it was like, uh, that like, because Chris Kreider apparently like made some sort of big impassioned speech, and apparently D'Angelo had, had like said something that really ticked someone off. Maybe Kreider, maybe someone else. I don't really know. And he just punched him, and now D'Angelo's on waivers. Uh, that that is not verified, and I can't even find the original tweet that I just saw a couple minutes ago. But I just thought I would throw that out there. Okay, all right. Are we surprised? Uh, are we surprised really. that his teammates have seemed to have turned on him? Uh, yeah, he seems like an asshole. So even his face is his face is a punchable face, isn't it? Um, sure is. Especially when you know, especially when you know what's going on behind that brain, uh, if there is one at all. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, you love to see it. You really do love to see it. The complete scumbag, and uh, I wish him the worst. Yeah, I think the fact that that Jack Johnson and Brendan Smith are also on yeah. the team. And didn't get put in waivers just kind of makes it a little bit sweeter because it's not like he's actually the worst defenseman on the team. Oh, 100%. Like, uh, man, that's got hurt, though. You play the same position as Jack Johnson uh, and you get demoted before he does. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an indictment from the team. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wonder, I wonder how high the Rangers are on him because, you know. Uh, oh, they, they probably hate him. They've probably been trying to get rid of him desperately for the past at least couple weeks. Probably more. I don't know, maybe. Can't tell. Can't tell. This Rangers organization is also kind of trash. So, you know, it's just like, uh, what's the deal going on? Here's a question. 
does yep. that, will anyone claim him? He scored like sixty points last year. Does anyone Ooh, buy? Him? That's a good point. And, and what is he? Is his contract still real cheap? What's the? No, it is not real cheap. It's like a four oh, point man. something million. Oh okay. Oh well, then in that case, like who first of all who has the cash space? and who has the locker room uh, culture that can accept this guy? So you know, just like I'll tell you, I'll tell you who has the cap space and a big need on the right side of the defense. But uh, well, first of all, let me preface this by saying I don't think any team should, and I wouldn't if I were in charge of any of these teams for obvious reasons. Uh, and this team, I mean, culture is something they seem to care about, so I don't see them taking it. But the Ottawa Senators, what if we see Tony D'Angelo in the Canadian division? Uh, oh, lots of goodness. cap space. Big big hole on the right side of the defense. Uh, did, did they take a look at Tony D'Angelo? Um, I don't think there's any way the Rangers do it. Uh, I mean, I mean Red Wings. Sorry, uh, Nashville has a lot of room, and they they kind of have a shaky bottom pair, I think. But I don't know. Just just throwing. I honestly I don't expect that anyone's going to claim him. Uh, we are we all knew he was a headache, and now he has that reputation league wide. It would seem like so. I think he's just going to be on the the taxi squad for the time being with New York. Yeah, just talking while he's not very good either. You know, like he bring he brought the some offensive talent, but he's trash in the defensive zone, and you're paying the guy almost five million dollars for two years. Uh, he's just not worth it, even if the cap wasn't so tight this year. Uh, you know, I I think the, the contract's not very good. Uh, so uh, you know, if I'm any of these teams, I don't I don't blink twice. Uh, I'm not claiming him, and uh, I let him kind of flounder in the uh, in the AHL. I'm sure he'll have lots of fun. Okay. Yeah. Can we you move know, the on next to this guy? Time, yeah. Oh. Uh, one last thought. One last thought. Um, next time, uh, the Canadians put someone on on waivers, or any team put someone on waivers. Uh, say for example, yesterday the Coyotes put Kyle Capobianco on waivers. I would just like to say that is cancel culture in effect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Capobianco uh, was canceled to waivers. So, Man. so just let it be known. All right. Okay. That's enough to tell. How did Corey yeah, Perry how, recover from being canceled? How could he have possibly gotten uncanceled back up to the NHL? Wow. You know, the, it's cancel culture that I'm not in the NHL too. I just I just have to say. <laughs> uh, wow. Your freedom it's Orwellian. Yeah, how, this reminds me of 1984. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Habs games. Okay. They, they only games. had two. They had two this week, both against the Flames. One win. A very nice win, except for the last few minutes, and one loss that I think uh, was probably their first boring game of the season. Which is nice that it took this long, but it wasn't nice that it finally had to arrive. A two nothing loss to Calgary, and it really felt like once we got out of the first period, it was one of those games where you kind of felt like a shutout was inevitable, and they just weren't going to be able to break through. Kind of like Canada USA in the gold medal game with the the World Juniors this year, which is kind of in the back of your mind, like they're not going to be able to score, are they? Yeah, I didn't get that feeling after the first period. It was more of the second period, you know, because they were, like, by far the better team in that second period. Like, if you look at the scoring chances and the shots, it wasn't even close. Uh, I think it was, like, something like 14-3 to three or some shit like that. And, uh, you know, and then they couldn't solve Markstrom. And, it's, you know, sometimes that happened. You know, you face a great goalie. He's on his game. who uh, And that's what Markstrom was. And you just can't solve him. And by the end of the second, you had that feeling, you know, like, uh, the Habs haven't been playing great, great. And... If there's a night where they won't be able to break through, it's probably this one, and that's exactly what happened, right? Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, you're right. It was kind of a boring game, and it just it, it just felt like we were uh, completely stonewalled by Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the Thursday game, uh, the more fun one, okay. the, the victory. Yes. Uh, they they had had uh, like a bunch of days off or, or days of no games, 
I think they actually did have like a travel day and then a, an actual day off right after. So it was kind of a reset for them. And I think maybe like, I don't know, a touch of rest against the Flames who had played uh, pretty often, like two nights before or three nights before. Uh, but but they managed to, to recover pretty quickly from what I think was like a bit of a shaky start. And they got out to a 4 nothing lead. My favorite goal uh, that I want to shout out is Tyler Toffoli's uh, for a couple of reasons. Oh, yeah. Uh, so first of all, it was a shorthanded goal. Montreal, I think now leads the NHL with five shorthanded goals. And at the time of that goal, they had more power play goals this season than 14 other NHL teams, which is pretty fun and remarkable. And also, of course, as you probably, one other thing I loved about that goal, of course, the, the Suzuki stretch pass, the flip pass up into the air. And then uh, Toffoli just kept bumbling the puck, kept kind of, you know, he couldn't quite get a hold of it. And then at the last second, he just kind of swooshed it past past Jacob Markstrom. And it reminded me... It was David of, Riddick. Oh, yeah, thank you. Past David Riddick. It reminded me of uh, a breakaway from, like, Adam Hockey that I used to play when I was 9 and 10 years old. Like, bobble, 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 and swing it at the net blindly, and the goalie doesn't stop it because the goalie is 10. Uh, yeah, and that's... Well, that's what, David, like, David Riddick. Oh, my God. First of all, I just want to contrast, you know, David Riddick with Josh, uh, Josh Allen, Jake Allen. Uh, you know, for, yeah, like, Jake Allen, he took the loss last night, but uh, I thought it looked great. Uh, it, it feels good, you know? Uh, solid. I, I shot him last week, and it's not a string of nice games. But, yeah, uh, the, shorthanded, the shorthanded game here. And, like, they could have scored on, like, a couple opportunities last night as well. It's just that, you know, Markstrom made some, made some nice saves. But, uh, like, it's completely different this year, eh? The, the penalty kill, it's just uh, I feel like they're much more aggressive, and that, that's what gets you all these shorthanded chances. Or maybe these teams that they're facing in the Canadian division are just a touch rusty on the power play. But, you know, we're already like eight, nine games in, so I think the Hazards are just better on special teams. It's not even just the, the penalty kills, right? Like, the power play looks, it's not like, you know, you still got that Weber shot that you go to maybe a bit too much, but then again, there's just, it feels like it's gelling a lot better. And, you know, it's creating a lot of offense. As you would look for from a penalty, uh, from a power play. So uh, overall, the special teams I think has made a ton of a difference, a hell of a difference. Whenever they do get a penalty, you know, like a penalty call for them, which seems to never happen. When they do, uh, it's uh, if it, it feels like a completely different team. Like last year, their their special teams was completely miserable on both sides, and you know, it makes it makes one hell of a difference. Yeah. Um, one thing. So first of all, uh, you, all you have to do look at that Toffoli shorthanded goal. They were playing Toffoli and Suzuki, uh, two of their best forwards on the penalty kill. And I really, because for a long time, you know, uh, teams have this tendency of like, oh, your your bottom six forwards who maybe not be as good offensively, they could be your defensive specialist, your penalty kill specialist. I always wondered why when you have fewer players on the ice, wouldn't that be the ideal time to put on? Your best players i kind of think so i think the oilers actually in the 80s they played gretzky and messi on the penalty kill all the time and uh they scored quite a few shorthanded goals as you can probably imagine so that's super nice let's see like suzuki and Toffoli, and i think like um uh evans and byron were are like uh well, i think they have like three units but evans and byron are one that that's also looked great because of course you know how fast they are how aggressive they are big help kind of as uh as you mentioned but yeah the power play looks pretty good too not so much yesterday even though they did get a couple chances um, so about Jake Allen, uh, one interesting thing, like, so I was thinking about, you know, thinking ahead, all right, who's going to start what games? When is Jake Allen going to get in? And I was looking, looking at this game Saturday against the flames. Maybe, uh, no, never mind. Jake Allen won't play that game because it's a Saturday and everyone knows, I don't know. Carrie price has ridiculous numbers on Saturdays throughout his entire career. 
Uh, he's fantastic, always on them. So personally, if I were in charge, I would the first thing I would have done when like planning out who which goalies play what nights is schedule carry price on every every single Saturday. Um, I apparently Claude Julien didn't do that, but I was it was kind of just a foregone conclusion in my mind. Like, oh yeah, it's a Saturday. Price is going to play. That I was kind of like shocked that Jake Allen got the nod. Yeah, I I think it's just the uh, I think it's the rest thing, right? Because uh, if you look at the Habs schedule yeah. coming up, they obviously they had that that uh, little break there from uh, I think it was Sunday to Thursday. But uh, like after the episode last week, we went through their schedule, right? And they have this like ridiculous stretch. I don't remember from when it was, but like it was like from from March all the way to like the end of the season. They have like no rest, like no sequ- like every single game is at most two uh, like two days apart. But they have a game every other day basically for a stretch of like two months, and even February is pretty packed. Uh, like so, you know, it just well except the except obviously that bye week, um, but it's just uh, I think the rest. Is that much more important? I think Claude Julien realized this. I think the whole, I think the whole franchise, uh, like up into management, you know, Bergeron going out to get Jake Allen, is uh, is is them realizing that Price needs rest, and maybe that means not playing him on every single freaking Saturday because that's what it is, right? He's played so often on Saturdays, and that's why we assume he plays on Saturday because there's nobody behind him, right? We're either, it was either gonna we see Kerry Price on uh, freaking Hockey Night Canada or like who Charlie Charlie Lindgren, Lindgren? yeah, exactly. It didn't make any sense. Right, it, you really like, you saw a noticeable, yeah, exactly. You saw a noticeable downgrade, uh, and and like you, you saw it in the gameplay, like when when the Habs were playing for another backup, they just had a markedly less of a chance of winning, and Price was tired. So then when he was playing, yeah, less chance of winning then too. So uh, I think I think it's time we get used to uh, Carey Price resting on Saturdays, uh, even if even if it is his uh, his best day of the week. Um, I think long term it's for the better, especially with the fact that you know the Habs, as I said last week, have a one hundred percent chance of making the playoffs. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's time to rest. You gotta have a sick ass tandem in the playoffs with Carey Price rested. I think that's the way to go. And uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising, but as we saw, Allen can absolutely hold his own. He's done in uh, all three of his games. All right, so I'm gonna look ahead to the upcoming schedule again. We have a back to back Monday, Tuesday. Uh, Allen will play one of those games, I assume. Thursday against Ottawa, Price will probably play that one. Price will probably play Saturday as well. Then they have three days off and another back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. They'll probably split those games. And then uh, another Saturday against Toronto. So of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven upcoming games, uh, I just kind of spitballed and have Allen in two of them. Do you think they will put him into three? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they're really targeting that uh, kind of four out of seven kind of split uh, just in general. So, you know, you, yeah, so you have that back-to-back, you split that, and then maybe throw in uh, Allen for, like, the Saturday game again against the Senators, right? Uh, and Because this is the freaking Senators. And then I think you split the back-to-back, and then you put Price in on that last Saturday against the Maple Leafs. That's a big game. And then after that, you can rest for a week. So, yeah, I think I think the move here is three for Allen. I give him the one of the one of the Senators games and one of the Canucks games, and All right. one of the back to backs on the tenth and the eleventh. I would rather Jake Allen plays against the Oilers than the Leafs. I want to keep Carey Price in against both both uh, the, those Toronto games if I had the choice. Also because um, Price at that point would have had a lot of rest, uh, at least three days, and by your plan, actually closer to uh, wait one two three four five five days. 
between those games. So we can, we can, here we go. Yeah. You know what? I think maybe we should apply for the job as decide when Price and Allen play. Is there an opening? Yeah, I think so. We're great uh, at this. I wonder who does this. Goalie coach? Uh, is it, uh, is it the coach coach? Are, are we just applying for the Habs head coaching job at this point? Like, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's probably uh, Claude Julien and, uh, is it still Stefan Waite, the goalie coach? Yeah, it's they probably Stephane, decide yeah. together. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. They probably collaborate, and maybe okay. they like ask Kerry and like take his perspective into account slightly, but probably not much because he's probably like, "Oh yeah, I could play," you know. As I can play all fifty six games, I play yeah. fifty six games in a regular season. Uh, yeah, I can play in a short yeah. season too. Uh-huh. Uh, per- yeah. Impeccable logic on on that part. Okay, hundred percent. So uh, you can hire us. That's a this is an open application. Or really any of the franchises. We can pick any of the goalies between two goalies. Just call on us. Uh, we, we make a also, sick head coach, um, coach duo, yeah? Uh, we could also, uh, you could hire us in a front office um, so that if you're about to make a stupid decision, we can say, don't do that. And we will do it for uh, a, a salary. Sure, why not? I think there was someone who used to make that joke. I don't remember who it was. Some analytics person on Twitter, I think, who was like, uh, I could... Um, be hired in a front office and they could pay me a couple hundred thousand dollars a year for me to just say, Oh yeah, don't make that move. That's stupid. And I would 100% be worth it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, and we'll get it to someone who probably could have used that person. And then he left his job. Uh, big news. Yeah, we will. Anyways. Okay. Uh, Oh, okay. So anything else you want to add in the game? We can talk about trade rumors here that we got. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, before we before we do Mate, two other points from the game I want to talk about. One of them yeah. is uh, Dylan Dubé's hit on Jesperi Kakanyemi. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So in real time, I didn't, hadn't, didn't really see what had happened. I watched it again, and I'm shocked that that wasn't at least a penalty. It got no punishment whatsoever. And it seemed that a lot of the players were shocked too because there was a scrum right after, and all of them were expecting the whistle to go right away, even the Flames players, and it didn't. Play just kept going because there was no call and everyone was shocked. And the Flames actually almost scored on that play because so many players were out of it. Uh, it, it was hands uh, right to the head. His feet, uh, I don't think they quite came off the ice, but they were definitely getting close in an upward motion. And he just, it was a straight hit to the head. No punishment at all. No penalty. No hearing, apparently, as of this morning. Uh, and it's another failure on the part of player safety. I guess, like, I won't. Uh, obviously, like I try really hard not to get mad at referees missing calls, um, but player safety, you had uh, many hours to look over this and you decided, you know, you know what, that's perfectly fine and perfectly legal and something, basically you're saying this could happen every single game and there would be no problem with it. Man, that's not just, it's not just the Habs thing too, right? It's happening all around the league. All these hits, hits to the head, you know, they say that they've been prioritizing that kind of thing. You can put it in the rules and all that, but if you're not going to call it. You're not going to actually suspend these people who actually commit these infractions. Like, what the hell is the point? Uh, and, yeah, it's not the first time, right? Uh, who's, who's the other one? It was, oh, yeah, it was Armia. Just last week. It was, uh, that one was even worse, arguably, right? And, uh, like, it's, but, like, these things are textbook hit to the head. Uh, the Dubé hit, yeah, he extends upwards. Primary's, uh, you know, point of contact seemed to be the head area. And, I mean, he had to go through the concussion protocol. So, like, what more do you need to know than that? Like, even, like, just watching it. It's just, uh, it's clearly Pelly. And as you said, yeah, all the players around him. Like, uh, even the Flames player, like, Dubé afterwards, he kind of slowed up, looked like uh, he was expecting the penalty. Uh, and because that was deserving of a penalty. So, you know, you got to wonder, it's not just, 
it's like the whole uh, institution of the NHL is just not really taking this whole hit to the head thing seriously. Uh, and you'd like to see it more like the IHF, where they're a lot more strict. And, uh, you know, you contrast that with this whole, you know, monkey business in the NHL, where it's just like, it's so incredibly inconsistent. Like, you see that hit, what was it, Kevin, uh, Kevin Fiala? Uh, he had a hit, he was suspended for three games, and then there's, and but like, that's an anomaly. Right. And yes, that was deservedly suspension. That, that was a hit to the head. Well, it wasn't a hit to the head. It was a hit from behind. Uh, and, but, you know, it's just they're completely inconsistent. They don't know what they're doing. And, like, it's clear that they're not really taking this thing seriously. This whole hit to the head mm-hmm. business. You know, you know what I think? I think I kind of cracked the code here a little bit. I feel like player right. safety thinks of themselves as uh, the safety, like, they protect the safety of the aggressors, the financial safety or or i guess career safety of the players who make dirty hits and not the safety of the players who are actually getting targeted or you know get hurt because of the hits i think that's that maybe that's kind of how they look at themselves maybe i mean it would make it would make sense like as you said last week right uh george peros the head of the dops he's already taken that role because that's what he played as right as the enforcer so you know i'm sure there's a part of him intentional or not that still sympathizes for the guy who's making the hit, because that was him. Uh, and the guy who played dirty, and who fought, and did all those things. So, uh, yeah, as we said, there, there, there needs to be change in leadership at the top of uh, DOPS, and then hopefully that trickles down. You need a guy who like played the game and was actually a skilled player, and who knows what it's like, and the effect of all these hits to the head. Uh, and these hits from behind and all of that. So And the cross-checks. And the cross-checks. So uh, it's, just, uh, it's just the whole... The whole uh, little scheme there with everybody at the top, it's just, it's off. It's not right. And that's what it leads to. It's just complete inconsistency, organizational failure. And then uh, it goes down to the referees too. They don't even know what to call. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more note from the game last night. Did you watch on CBC or were you watching somewhere else? Uh, I, I think I was watching on CBC, yeah. I, I was watching right, some so sort of watching... I don't remember exactly where I was. Yeah? Okay. Uh, could, you, could you hear the broadcasters? Uh, like typically, I leave them on and off on mute, so I didn't. Uh, okay. Like sometimes well, I pass something, sometimes I don't. Well, if you weren't listening to to Gary Galley, color commentator, last night, that you would not have learned a very interesting piece of information about the Montreal Canadiens. Did you know that Michael Ryder, who has not played a hockey game since the fourteen fifteen season, the New Jersey Devils, Michael Ryder, forty years old. Did you know he's now on the Canadiens again? Oh, that's news to me. Well, 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 Gary, good thing we have Gary Galley here to let us know that every time number 73 on Montreal, or at least twice, <laughs> touches the puck, he goes, here comes Ryder. Shot by Ryder. Of course. <laughs> oh, boy. I think that's Ryder taking the penalty. I only heard it twice. I only heard it twice. Um, and uh, the other commentator corrected him once, but people were really like uh, – um, you know, giving him grief for it on Twitter, understandably so. Michael Ryder hasn't played for the Montreal Canadiens since the 2012-13 season. If that's not enough time for you to get used to the fact that he's not here anymore, <laughs> and I don't know, it was it was shocking. I was like, wait, he he just said Ryder, right? Wait, he just did it again, right? So, I, honestly, for Gary Galley, very embarrassing on his part. Hey, uh, but it was pretty funny. Um, now uh, I'm not that like angry about it. And some people are, yeah, Connor McKenna, national broadcast guy, uh, broadcast has a guy who consistently calls Tyler to fully Michael Ryder. Michael Ryder hasn't played for the Canadian since 2013. 
a bunch of people talking about. It. I think I saw even saw someone like petition to never have Gary Galley do a halves game again. Uh, I don't know, but um, but it's, it's it was really funny. Not that he did it more than once. Yeah, maybe one too many hits to the head, eh? Gary Kelly. Um, <laughs> that's a that's that's an interesting one. That's not even like a recent departure. You're right. It's like what happened there? Did he jump eight years in time? Eight years ago. Eight years in time. Wow, Michael Ryder. Heck, wow, wow, nice, good stuff, Gary Kelly. Uh, yeah, excellent go. work, as they say. All right, and the trade rumor. Montreal. Yes. According to his agent, Victor Matei has requested a trade. According to Mark Bergevin, he has not requested a trade, and Mark Bergevin is not trading him. I guess we can start with the big question: Who do you believe, Ty? Say. I think I think I'll stick with the uh, the agent. I think I'll take his side uh, when he says that he did make a request. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Bergevin. I don't know who Bergevin thinks he's fooling, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. Well, okay, I would probably agree with you. Uh, that um, the agent is telling the truth, or maybe, maybe the agent just meant to say like, "Oh, he's about to ask for a trade, or he plans on it." And Mark Bergeron, uh, thought meant he did when he didn't. But all right, whether Matei did or is going to or not, uh, I think Mark Bergeron is very wise to say, "Well, we're not trading him anyway," um, because first of all, Victor Matei's value is at an all-time, or maybe not all-time low, but it's at a it's at a low because he hasn't played it all this season, and it's he's great insurance to have as a number seven defenseman. So there's really there's no upside in trading Victor Mate right now. The worst thing that could happen by holding on to him, um, and to say just for the sake of argument, all six defensemen for the Canadians stay healthy this season, and Victor Mate never gets into a single game. The worst thing that could happen is he like signs with a European team uh, this off season, which would not be ideal. But I think having that insurance as a great number seven defenseman throughout this season is a uh, it's it's worth the risk. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the trade off when it comes with the the crazy depth that the the Habs have is that you're gonna have dudes like Victor Mate, like your Michael Frolik or your Corey Perry before the Yoel Armia uh, injury that who don't play, who just don't play. They're on the taxi squad and like there's just no space on them for them on the roster, and that's just a product of a super deep team. And I mean, like event like this thing was kind of inevitable, I guess. Like, uh, well, maybe not inevitable, but. It's definitely not a surprise that one of these people on the practice squad, uh, unfortunate that it's someone as young and, you know, with some promise as uh, Victor Mate does, but he's not playing. Uh, so, I mean, you understand the sentiment, but uh, I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? And, but he, it makes for, uh, he is great insurance, as you say. So, and Corey Perry, he wasn't playing for the first like six games. And then all it takes is one, you know, dirty hit. And all of a sudden we're playing regular minutes. And so, you know, Victor Matei, maybe I'll preach some patience. But I totally understand, man. He wants to play. He's young. He's 22. He's he's an NHL player, right? So, uh, yep. but yeah, that's just being on the product of a super deep team, right? There's not much you can do. And if I'm Bergevin, like the strength of the team is the depth. And if I'm acquiescing to every single uh, slightly upset player who doesn't get playing time because there are six guys ahead of him on the depth chart, well, then uh, you're going to end up losing that depth. So, you know, I think I, I agree. You know, I think the right response is here is... Uh, you can't make me trade him. And if you want to go off to Europe, fucking go off to Europe. That's unfortunate. But, I mean, that's what I it is. I don't think right? that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, I don't either. Um, yeah, I, I would be pretty surprised. Uh, yeah, so like like if Victor Matei, yeah, if he really, you know, makes sense, he wants to get into some playing time. If he wants to, I don't know, 
head off to the Kings or Sharks, he can ask for it, whatever. Uh, but it's not like a Pierre-Luc Dubois situation or anything where Mate has any any leverage because you you literally weren't playing <laughs> before. So and uh, even if you were playing and you asked for a trade, um, it's not like Dubois where if you I don't know tank your value and don't put in any effort, which I don't think Victor Mate would ever do. Uh, it's not like that's going to help you out or make the trade go faster. You'll just get scratched and then no one will want you anymore. Uh, so really, the the only thing Victor Mate can do is wait and maybe get into the lineup. Well, probably get into the lineup eventually. And then uh, at that point, he might be happy that he's getting into the lineup and he won't want to be traded anymore. Or if he's great, maybe some team will come come along and, and offer a King's Ransom. So so yeah, that's my insight. I don't think Victor Mate is going anywhere. And um, I mean... Too bad for him if he really wants to, but I don't know. Was there anything really that wrong with like chilling in the press box and showing up at practice? I don't think so. Except for the fact yeah. your next contract will probably be cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like he already makes league minimum basically, right? Uh, like seven hundred k. Yeah, exactly. So uh, first of all, maybe uh, Darren Ferris instead of re- requesting a trade, maybe we should have fucking tried harder to get a better contract for the dude. Uh, but uh, anyways, reg- besides that, uh, it's like you're getting paid seven hundred k to just kind of sit in the press box. So. Uh, I understand why to let play time, though. I definitely sympathize with the guy. Like, if I'm a professional hockey player, that's my living. You know, I absolutely want to get on the ice. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Like, what are we going to do? And uh, when the op- all you can do is really kind of prepare yourself for when the opportunity comes. And I think with a shortened season, whether it's injury, like, it is going to be injury, I think. Like, people are going to get worn down as the schedule goes on. And that's why it's important to have this depth in the first place, because yeah, we look at the half schedule when you're playing like every other night for like month, for like a, basically a full month, maybe even two months at a time. Uh, you know, you're just gonna, you're gonna get gassed. Right. Uh, so, and then at that point, that's when you start seeing more minutes. So that's hopefully he sees that he understands that. And uh, yeah, I don't see a trade happening. And yeah, that schedule yeah. thing. Oh my God. Did you, did you see the thing with the, uh, the central teams? Like it was like Florida, Tampa and, and Dallas, like the teams who had games postponed, like, they have to play like what is it, fifty games in like a hundred, like fifty games in under a hundred days. Uh, yeah, like these teams are gonna get completely ground to dust. It's ridiculous. Well, um, so on Mate, uh, sorry, not to just like pivot from your new topic, but like oh, yeah, that's fine. pretty much all there is to say about it. Yeah. Um, if I'm Darren Varis, I don't say my client wants a trade. I say my client wants you to scratch Joel Edmondson in my favor, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joel Edmondson is definitely. Uh, the seventh at best defenseman on this team. Mate is better than him. Um, and, you know, this is how I know. Here, I'll say again. Uh, every time Joel Edmondson touches the puck, I get scared. And every time he doesn't blow it, I, I kind of breathe a sigh of relief, uh, which is an extremely low bar to step over. So Joel Edmondson, once again, I don't see him lasting the full four years on this deal. Uh, whether we see, I don't know, waivers eventually is more cancel culture in action or a buyout, uh, or a the trade. The buyout. Oh my ev- god! I think eventually, I think eventually, similarly to Alsner, but maybe not quite as bad. Claude Julien and Mark Bergeron are kind of gonna get tired of his of his style of like, yeah, he doesn't really do much, does he? Yeah, I mean, we we saw this coming when they made the signing, right? This dude sucks. Uh, he's a scrub. So uh, you give him that contract, and gonna get cancel culture eventually. So uh, it's only it's an it's it's a it's inevi- inevitability. inevitable thing now at this point. Yeah, inevitability. What's that quote? What's that quote that I hate? That's like you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. 
Uh, is that, is that what, like, is that, is that, that what it is? It's from something I heard. And every time I, I'm like, wow, that quote makes no sense and sucks. I don't understand why people like it, but is that what, what we're like with Joel Edmondson now? Like he's either gonna, um, I don't actually, I can't see a scenario where Joel Edmondson dies a hero to be totally honest, but, uh, the, the <laughs> metaphor made sense in my head. I don't mean die literally. Of course. I, I was speaking in terms of when he eventually leaves the Canadians. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe he'll score the Stanley Cup winning goal. And then that's that's the only and then he'll probably get bought out the next season. That's how I see him dying a hero. Mm-hmm. All right, sure. Sure. If that happens, Joel Edmondson's a hero. He can get a statue. He can, we can raise his number to the rafters if that happens. Sure, I don't care. Uh, well, we need a right. podcast, Joel Edmondson, a hockey podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's not the, a promise, by the way. We were wrong about Joel Edmondson podcast. Sponsored by that's We right. Were Wrong About Joel Edmondson. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's get, so I think the probably the biggest piece of NHL news this week, besides the three-way trade involving Christian Yaros, Trevor Carrick, and Jack Kopaka, was Pittsburgh Penguins GM Jim Rutherford resigning out of the blue. Um, and the main rumor about why this happened was that Jim Rutherford wanted to trade Chris Letang, and ownership said you're not you're not going to do that. And first of all. Uh, probably actually uh, a rare instance of intelligent meddling by ownership because trading Crystal Tang probably would be pretty dumb, especially if they're still trying to contend. Uh, but on the other hand, I think Brian Burke made a point. That's like, so if you're a GM on a team and the owners are advising you on personnel decisions and not, you know, just money stuff, then it's probably time for you to hedge your separate ways. And I think this is probably uh, pretty good news for Penguins fans. I think a lot of them are happy because Jim Rutherford did make some great moves in his early days with Pittsburgh, brought them a couple Stanley Cups. Uh, he spontaneously well, went off the deep end in terms of his transaction <laughs> and hasn't really done anything smart uh, since about 2018 or so. Uh, we saw this offseason was an all-time bad one, the Kapanen trade, the Bugstad trade. Uh, signing Cody C's Mike Mathis and for Patrick Hornquist. That was absolutely awful. So I think this is probably a, a good day to be a Pittsburgh Penguins fan because if you got someone in there who's really smart, maybe they can kind of right the ship a little bit and you can make one last deep run with this core. Yeah, someone smart, like uh, as someone reported, I remember seeing uh, Peter Shirelli. Or, huh. uh, no. Not going to happen. <laughs> you never know. But uh, yeah, this guy was, uh, we were like, we, we were like, like yelling and stomping about the guy for how washed he was as their general manager for like what two months over the offseason as he bumbled his way through like like closing the penguins window even faster. So uh yeah, I think he tried to make one more move that would have been c- catastrophic. Maybe it's a little tank trade, maybe it was something else. But uh I think I think I like Mario or you know ownership finally stepped in and like, okay, all right, that's that's we're gonna that's a hard pass here. Uh, you know, Sidney Crosby for an HL player. I think we'll uh, we'll put the brakes, we'll pump the brakes on that one. And yeah, and at that point, yeah, you like Rutherford's clearly uh, he's a he seems to be a pretty stubborn dude. Uh, tell you know, just looking at his trades. And so uh, I guess he felt it was time to leave. And I think I think that's what it was, right? Like, I, is there any doubt that it was like a like a there was a power struggle that ensued in Pittsburgh? And Rutherford kind of lost, and so he's like, "Okay, guys, chow, I'm out." Uh, I think that's got to be what happened, right? Like, there's no yeah, real of, that. Yeah, it really feels like like that happened. Like he was like, oh, "I feel like I'm not being able to do my job or anything," and that probably happens close to any GM's tenure. 
where the owners, if you're, they're thinking of like, hmm, maybe this GM, maybe, maybe, you know, not the right fit anymore for whatever reason. And they start kind of trying to like shove the GM in whatever direction they want to go. And that pro- I would guess that that happens close to any GM's tenure. And Jim Rutherford, who probably knows that, c- kind of start to feel like hmm, my time is probably almost up here if uh, if the owners are telling me how to do my job. So we maybe just got out before the owners decided to. He was like, yeah, I know my time. My, uh, uh, my seat is very hot, so I'm just going to get out of here before you fire me. Um, yeah. That's probably kind of what happened. I hold on to the pride or whatever. Um, I'm looking back at some, through some of the trades Pittsburgh has made in recent years, and they've actually made a lot, um, a fair amount. I guess every team kind of has, but I know they got their, their three Stanley Cups with Crosby, Malkin, Latang, that core. But it probably stings those players a little bit, or if they haven't thought about it much, at least the fans that they were well set up to make several more runs well into, I don't know, at least the, the early twenties of the decade. I don't know. Uh, and then Jim Rutherford just kind of botched it. And now they're like a slightly above average team or so who, who blows playoff play in series to the Montreal Canadians. So I don't, I think it's actually gonna be pretty hard to like, to write this team back into like how good they were when they were winning Stanley cups, which sucks. Like, you know, you do that. Like you sign Jack Johnson, like Cody CC, Michael Matheson, Kasperi Kapanen, Brandon Tanev, six year contracts, like just these terrible, just these, these dumb mistakes that are totally avoidable. Uh, and like you, you could have still been a contender or whatever. I don't really care about the Pittsburgh Penguins, but they got Jim Rutherford really did kind of drive them into the ground after bringing them their glory. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you just you just you completely went off the rails near the end there, and now your your prospect cupboard is kind of is is bare, and Crosby's getting up in there in age, so uh, it's looking like that window, if it hasn't already, is like slowly like like slamming shut. So maybe not slowly slamming shut. It's just it's slammed shut. Um, is there because, a slow slam? I think all slams oh, got definitely so. pretty fast. Yeah. I think that was a bit of an oxymoron, but uh, yeah. I just. Like this team, this team is no longer a Stanley Cup contender. I don't think. Anyways, like they can go on nice stretches. Obviously, you know with Crosby and Malkin, but like it's just the depth isn't there. The goaltending is holy crap. Uh, have we talked about how bad Tristan Jari is? Like he's terrible. Uh, uh, he's yeah, we yeah. haven't. Uh, we haven't. Um, which I'm not so happy about because I picked him up on uh, my fantasy team and paid a pretty hefty price to do so. I uh, wanted to secure that third goalie, and I think I saw a chart or not a chart, just a list, apparently among like um, among all the goalies who've played a game so far this year, or at least every team's top two goalies, he was dead last, 62nd in terms of uh, goals saved above expected, or below expected, whatever it is. Uh, basically, he's been bad, and Matt Murray was second last on that list, and someone quoted it and said, like, if Pittsburgh played their cards right, they could have held on to both Murray and Jari. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Um. But do you have anything to say about Jari besides just he's bad? Because I have one more thing to mention about Pittsburgh. Uh, not really. It's just I, that's what I was gonna say. Like there was like oh, it was kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of situation there in the off season because uh yeah as we said Murray's not very good either uh, and the numbers bear that out and yeah Jari's freaking bad so like it's just the team is kind of it's really kind of hollowed itself out. I think Jr is completely to blame for that. Um, like that Matheson deal. Oh my goodness, you lose a score like Hornquist. Is that a crazy start to the season? Uh, and yeah, fucking Mike Matheson is complete albatross of a contract and like things like that. It's not the only trade, right? So, uh, 
it's just that's what it feels like. It feels like this roster, besides like Crosby and Malkin, is kind of hollowed out around them, and and now they don't really have much of a supporting cast. Yeah. Um. So one, I do want to shout out a player on the Pittsburgh Penguins who got three primary assists last night and was a star of the game, including uh, assisting on the overtime winner by Sidney Crosby against the Rangers, Pierre Olivier Joseph. One of my favorites, one of my favorites, uh, as I'm sure you remember, um, in the 2017 draft, Montreal was picking 25th overall, and I had my eye on him. I said, well, you watch out, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, he's going to be a star. Um, Montreal obviously didn't take him, not because he wasn't available, but because the Coyotes took him two picks earlier, and Montreal ended up with Ryan Paling. Um, superstar might still be a bit of a stretch for Pierre-Olivier Joseph. Uh, he got traded to the Penguins in the Kessel deal that sent uh, Kessel to Arizona, and he's finally broken into the NHL this year. Uh, thanks to a couple injuries, but also his his talent and excellence. Five games in, he has now got no goals and four assists. So he's looked great, and my my prophecy is coming true. Pierre Olivier Joseph is going to be the next captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins when Sidney Crosby gets traded this summer. Ooh, very spicy, <laughs> very very spicy yeah. hot take. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's but Darren Drucker did I say know, something. I know. Yeah, yeah, about like, oh, they're going to talk about his future with the team. I, I think the media's going to be like, so your future with the team is uh, you're going to be on the team? And he's like, yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> ah, hockey interviews, am I right? All right. Uh, okay, so uh, anything? Oh, potential replacements for Pittsburgh. Like, moving on from, like, Rutherford, what do you do now? There's, like, a list of names that I saw. I think Sportsnet put it up, like, Nobody looks particularly promising there. Like, as I mentioned, like, Peter Shirelli was on. Like, Tom Fitzgerald, uh, I think, mm-hmm. was also, like, a former Rutherford protege. So, like, what do you what do you even do? Like, Ron Hextall, Jason Botterill, John Ferguson yeah. Jr.? I don't think What's it'll that? be Botterill just because, well, besides the fact he did a pretty bad job in Buffalo, he just uh, signed on as an AGM for Seattle, so I don't think he's going to dip right away. Oh, um, yeah. Ron Hextall is an interesting one. Uh, obviously, you know, anytime it's someone who's already uh, been a GM before, it's kind of boring. But I thought overall, Ron Hextall didn't do such a bad job with the Flyers. The thing that kind of just kind of kicked out was that he was like, uh, no, we got to wait a little more on Carter Hart, uh, leave him in the AHL for the rest of the season. And everyone around him was like, no, we got to bring him up now when he was 20 at the time. And Ron Hextall was kind of like, no, no, leave him there. Uh, it ended up working out fine for the Flyers. But overall, I would agree with that philosophy of uh, let the goalie develop a little bit um so ron hextall is an interesting name mike gillis is another one that apparently is in the rumor mill uh very often i don't think he's been a gm since he was fired from the canucks in like 2013 and he had built a pretty good canucks team so it's kind of surprising that uh and it's not like he retired or anything obviously since he's still in the, the running for this job I don't really know why Mike Gillis hasn't really gotten another GM job, especially considering everyone loves to recycle these old GMs. And he just he won a couple president's trophies like right before he got fired. Uh, and of course, there's this, um, I think you saw this, uh, Mike Gillis's like submission to the Penguins or like presentation of like trying to pitch himself to the job somehow got leaked onto Reddit. Oh, really? I didn't see this. Oh, you didn't? Oh, they talked about it on the, on the Steve Dangle podcast. Uh, he ba- he's like, uh, wait, was this him? Oh, this is just a part of it I have in front of me. So strategy, building a team. Basically, he was doing like, uh, you know, cut, like, like a, a job. Pitch, like, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a PowerPoint. I actually didn't. I don't think I saw the original one, but it was like, oh yeah, I've I've taken courses 
and like analytics and technology and I'm gonna hire people and trust them and uh, I'm a great worker and like whatever oh and and he was like see I never take a day off or like whatever all these things were uh and it's kind of funny but on the other hand I'm thinking like you know I feel like other prospective GMs uh submissions were probably way more embarrassing and funnier than this like compared to what it probably could have been it really wasn't too uh too embarrassing for Mike Gillis Mm, I want to see Peter Shirelli's presentation. Like, what does this oh, guy man. come in? And, uh, <laughs> or even better, uh, what's his name again? Fucking uh, the dude, the broadcaster man, Pierre. Uh, oh, Pierre Maguire. <laughs> well, yeah, I Pierre coached Maguire. the Hartford Whalers to a three-game winning streak <laughs> in 1993. <laughs> yeah, I want to see. I want to be a fly on the wall for Pierre Maguire's fucking GM review, man. That shit. Oh crazy. man, if Jim Benning ever gets fired and has to apply oh, elsewhere. Know. That'd be great. Like, I'd like to build my team with a good power play defenseman. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, I'd like to sign Antoine Roussel uh, to a big contract. <laughs> big money. Uh, Again. I give... Uh, it's important to have a good culture of players who work hard for their four goals a season. Uh, my favorite type of player is uh, fourth line. Uh, because, uh, <laughs> you know... They're always motivated because they're always on the verge of going to the AHL. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I like to reward like players them when they shouldn't good. be in the NHL. <laughs> yeah. I know okay. someone said yeah. that the reason, the reason Elias Pettersson has started off so poorly was that he's in a contract year and he knows Jim Benning pays fourth liners very <laughs> handsomely. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. You know, you know, Rutherford hasn't technically retired yet, right? So, like, yeah, a dream scenario. Oh, come elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, betting his hot seat, like, he's got he's got a bit of a hot seat now. Like, the fans have started to, like, really revolt if they hadn't already before. And, uh, you know, is that the move? Jim Rutherford to Vancouver? Oh, my goodness. What would... Oh, wow. That, that would be spicy. That would be must-watch. Uh, not to, I guess you must pay attention <laughs> to stuff, I guess. All right. Um, let's talk about our fantasy league a little bit, unless you have any final okay. thoughts on, on Jim Rutherford. I want to talk about uh, a move that you made. So, in a very surprising turn of events, one team in our league, I believe it was Saznak One, placed their second round pick, Mika Zavanajad, on waivers after a somewhat slow start for the guy who scored 40 goals last year. Uh, and so, obviously, like that kind of shakes people. Oh, Mika Zavanajad on waivers. Anyone can pick him, anyone can claim him. By the way, in our league, we have a, a $100 claim budget, uh, obviously, not real dollars, fake dollars. Uh, so, like, if a player goes on waivers, say someone puts, uh, I don't know, for example, Philip Dano, you have him on your team, you're like, I don't want him anymore, I want to pick up someone else instead. You drop him, he goes on waivers. Uh, if I want him, I'll say, I'll put in a, a claim of $1. And if Taisei wants him, you can say, I'll put in a claim uh, for $2. And we, But we don't see each other's bids until the bidding deadline. And then after that, the it's revealed who had the highest bid, that's who gets the player. So Mika's advantage ad. Um, I'm thinking like, hmm, because I'm already, I've already kind of used up quite a bit of my claim money, so I don't want to go too overboard on Mika's advantage ad. I think I put in a claim of 13. A couple people put in claims also of like uh, 14, 15, 16, I think, which is uh, pretty high, to be honest, compared to average bids, which are usually around like one, two, three sort of thing. Uh, Taisei over here bid 90 and received no competition whatsoever. Mika's advantage ad is on his team now. He has no more claim money. 
Um, and we see now that he uh, he could have gotten Mikasa Banajad for the claim of 17, seeing as 16 was the second highest. Would you like to go ahead and explain yourself? Yeah. All right. So you talk about the average player, the average bid being one, two, three dollars. Well, let me tell you, people, Mikasa Banajad is not your average player. In fact, I'd argue he's 90 times better than your average player, which is why I paid $90 for him. Uh, and this player, all right, look, look, look. When do you ever see a player of this caliber ever enter the market? If you if you play fantasy hockey, you know that a guy like Mika Zibanejad, I would say bona fide top 10, 15 player in fantasy, not not in hockey, in fantasy. Uh, and, you know, he shows up. How can I, how can I, like, you know, I would kill myself. I don't know. Okay, that's, that's strong. I would, I would never forgive myself <laughs> if I had the opportunity to claim the one and only Mika Zibanejad and I let him go. And so, you know, I was tossing and turning. I was thinking, you know, maybe I should put in 50. You know, I knew you had $73 left and I figured you put in a huge claim for him. I was like, maybe I'll go 74. Then I looked at the other teams in the league. I was like, I'm sure somebody else, you know, sees Mika Zibanejad in at least as good as the land as I see him in terms of fantasy. And so, you know what? I said, screw it. Let's throw the whole freaking kitchen sink at this dude. Uh, and you know what? It's been how many days? Four days? I have no regrets whatsoever. I am My team is completely stacked head to toe. And, you know, David Pasternak, who I drafted, back. He's healthy. He had an assist last night on the power play. He's looking fantastic. And now... I'm unstoppable. I'm freaking unstoppable. And because of Ajax, he's just the cherry on top, the $90 cherry, you know, but sometimes you got to buy that $90 cherry because you got a million dollar Sunday going on. And that's what I got. So, uh, you know, just watch out, everybody. Watch out is all I have to say. Did you really not think your like $50 bid was safe? You really thought someone might go over 50? It's because of Ajax, man. He's just that good. Second round pick. When does a second round pick ever come up on the waiver wire? He has two points in eight games. It was a, yeah, so last what? year. Oh, his shooting percentage yeah, was so high last year. Regression was regression was a foregone conclusion. Man, I you He's drafting. Like, I okay. I I don't obviously. I would in a bit. I'd love to have Zabanajad on my team too. But blowing all your claim money is here's what I was thinking. Because obviously, it's like it was pretty surprising to see a player that good on waivers. But I was thinking, hmm, if this team Saznak won. Put Zabanajad on waivers so early on in the season. Who's to say who else they're gonna put on waivers a little bit later on? So I kind of wanted to hold on, hold off a little bit on that because maybe, just maybe, it looking back on it just at the end of the season, Zabanajad won't be the anomaly of the superstar who was on waivers. Maybe everyone's just gonna be throwing their studs onto the waiver wire every week. Who knows? Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, but that's the thing. I got Sasnak one's second best player. So even if he throws everybody else on waivers. I got the best one, right? Uh, like, who's he gonna? He's gonna put Drysaddle on waivers? I don't think so. Uh, that's his. That was his first round pick. So, uh, you know, if I you ask me, I got. If I'd rather have yeah. Zabanajad, I'm looking at Saznak one's team now. I'd probably prefer okay. Jonathan Huberdeau to Zabanajad. That's completely outrageous. That is that is the hottest take I've ever heard in my life. I'm literally. Um, I'm looking at the numbers right now. Huberdeau has been had a better start, and he had uh, comparable stats last year, at least in terms of points. Uh, who else? Um, okay, probably not. That yeah, maybe Blake Wheeler actually. Now that I think of it, oh, Blake Wheeler's a point of game. Oh, oh yeah. Come on. Oh, Get John out of Gibson. Here. John Gibson. I'd give a lot for John Gibson, considering how good he's give, been. I would not give ninety dollars for John Gibson. Are you kidding me? 
Oh, well, maybe, neither would maybe, I. Maybe, you, know what, you know what? Maybe if I had Tristan Jari, maybe I would pay $90. I don't know. Maybe I would. Well, you know, I can't think of... Okay, there are a very small amount of players I'd put 94, and Zabanajad is not in that group. Uh, McDavid uh-huh. is in that group, and a couple other players. I Not to mention, I don't even have 90 left in my claim budget, so I literally couldn't, <laughs> even if I wanted to. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. uh, so my team is, is having a, a, another great week. I'm in the lead right now in my matchup, uh, and it looks like I... Ooh, uh-oh, it's actually very close now. Um... I have 172.76. My opponent has 168.06. Uh, it's going to be a tight finish. Wait, what, are you, what, are you uh, actually, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? What numbers uh, are you looking at? Matchup that's preview. That's nonsense. Yeah, that's not it. It's live scoring. you got to go oh, live what? scoring. That's the actual oh, live scoring. Okay. Oh, oopsie. Uh, I, don't, I was clicking on the wrong one. 154.6 to 137.65. So it's a pretty nice cushion, except for the fact that uh, my opponent has many players playing today, somehow, on a Sunday. Uh, so hoping I can hold on and have a nice two two one record. Ah uh, yes. Meanwhile, my team uh doing even better. I've got the best scoring team in the league right now, as you would expect from a team with Mika Zibanejad on it, on top of everybody else. Uh, PK Subban's playing right now, complete stud, uh, and he's already scored an assist. So what do you know? Uh, he's an absolute <laughs> scoring it? machine, and uh, I, it's, a, it's it's got it's pretty close right now. I can't lie. Even if I am the best scoring uh, team right now. I'm pretty uncomfortable. It's only a 12-point lead. We both got a bunch of players. But uh, you know you know who I got playing tonight? I got Connor McDavid against Ottawa, and I got Ryan Nugent Hopkins against Ottawa. So, you know, I guess there's some confidence involved. But, uh, you know, I, I lost last week because of some unfortunate benching mechanisms, uh, benching choices that I made. But, uh, look, I'm going undefeated the rest of the season. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And... You know, I give I give me winning this league the same odds as I give the Habs winning the playoff spot. So uh, that's a hundred percent for you. Uh, no, I think I am going to win because uh, first of all, Vladimir Tarasenko is coming off the IR soon, and he's going to score a seventy goal pace. And also, okay. Tristan Jarry is right. going to turn into a Vezina winner. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, that's the end of our fantasy mm-hmm. league I'm sure, that I'm sure everyone cares about. Um, yeah. Before we get to guess who. Our Calgary Flames guess who? First guess who in quite a while. Um, maybe our first one of twenty twenty one actually. Um, yep. anyway, before we get to that, one more thing, not hockey related, uh, but earlier today at ten fifty two a.m., there was a tweet, and it's early front runner, uh, for today's Twitter main character, uh, oh. somewhat like Bean Dad, except probably much less problematic and more just stupid. This is from at okay. John K, J O N K A Y, who tweeted. Uh, along with, okay, here's the picture. The picture is of, uh, it says soothing oatmeal shampoo for pets. And there's a little picture of a dog on the bottle. It's arm and hammer. All right. Got it. It's a picture of shampoo for pets. And here's what he said. Okay. So it turns out I've been using dog shampoo on my hair for the last few months. (laughs) (laughs) I only discovered it. Wait, it's not done. (laughs) I only discovered it. When I ran out, I needed to get more. This is partly my own fault, but it doesn't help that... Uh, partly. I... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I'm like halfway done. I'm halfway Continue. done. This Only is halfway partly... was. Tweets are long. This is partly my uh-huh. own fault, but it doesn't help that at Arm and Hammer has the word pets in like four-point typeface. <laughs> 
I'm guessing this is common. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm, I'm guessing this is common. That was everyone's favorite part. Did you say and, and, is there uh, a picture I, of the? Did you say there was a picture of a dog on the? Uh, there's a picture of a on dog. On, yes, that's very visible in this picture, and, and many people were quick to point that out. And John K replied, "But John is has a pic of a dog. Doesn't mean anything. Lots of shampoo. <laughs> lots of shampoos I used in the past have pictures of waterfalls or people cleaning dishes or, or gazily drawn women frolicking in pastures or dudes under waterfalls with chests provocatively projected outwards or whatever. And people realize, wait, wait, people cleaning dishes. Have you been using dish detergent to clean your hair as well? Oh boy. Woo. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild ride, man. Um, yeah. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so is this John K? Yeah, at um, J-O-N-K-A-Y. Uh, so I feel like this was kind of the earliest I caught on to the main oof. character because people kind of have been talking about it. I don't think it's quite at Bean Dad level or 30 to 50 Feral Hogs level yet, but it's. I think it's definitely a comparable level of humor. Oh, yeah. The, the stupidity here, pretty off the charts. <laughs> Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. So it says, okay, so I just pulled it up. I just found it. Um, so it clearly says for pets. Um, although it could be bigger. I do grant them that. But man, <laughs> if I'm fucking washing my hair and I see a dog on my shampoo bottle, I just, oh, like, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> What little reading are you doing in your daily life, man? Come on. You know, um, if, like, if I did find out I was I'd been cleaning my hair with um with dog shampoo, uh, I that's probably one of the last things I would want to tweet about. Uh, to yeah. be totally honest, like Is that's there a picture one of, of this the guy? things. Yeah, I need to find a picture. I just guy. love to keep to myself. Um, I don't know. I there's no he doesn't the profile picture is not him. Um, yeah. but he's apparently on his bio. Uh, Quillette editor and podcast. I've never heard of uh, Quillette. National Post op-ed, book author, ghost writer. Uh, Yale Law. Wait, so it says okay. uh, McGill. He went to McGill uh, and Yale. Uh, so, so uh, way to go, McGill and Yale. Uh, someone graduated from your institutions who cleans their hair with dog stuff. And- Maybe it works. Maybe that's why you never noticed because his hair was looking so good. It was just like, you know, like he, he used the whole bottle. He just said when it ran out. So this guy's been washing hair. He used the whole bottle of the thing. At least we don't even know how long he's been doing this, right? Um, yeah. So uh, he says for the past few months. Good. He said for the last few months. <laughs> ah, right, I, months. Feel like, I feel like maybe oh I feel goodness. like maybe I should mention uh, something uh, that I did that's somewhat similar to this, but I was like ten. Okay. So, All right. so I think I'm getting. I was using uh, conditioner instead of shampoo or my hair, and it was not a few months. It was probably only like about a week or two uh, before my parents noticed, and I was ten. So I hope notice? I can be forgiven for that. Your hair extra oily or something? Yeah, pretty much. On? My hair was just not clean okay. because I wasn't using shampoo. Uh, I see. And, I see. Uh, so, so that's when I was like, hmm, wow. I guess I should learn how to wash my hair. 
And Jonathan you know, Kay still hasn't learned this lesson. I can't even blame him for the conditioner thing. Because, like, I hardly even know what conditioner is. And I'm 8 and 19 now. So, like, it's just like, hey. Yeah, I don't really use hey. conditioner anymore. Oh, uh, and actually, oh, I, I didn't really mean to use it. I It was only an accident using it the first time. Because I have other family members who use it. Uh, but, yeah, I just I used shampoo to clean my hair. That's right. Yep. Human shampoo. <laughs> Hopefully. Might have to read the fine print. Uh, after we're done yeah. recording, I'm gonna try to sprint upstairs, you know, see what's going on. Make sure there are no pictures picture. of animals on it yeah. or people cleaning That'd dishes. Oh, people cleaning dishes. Like, what's next, man? Like, t shirt? If there's a t shirt uh, on the bottle, should I be clear that it's having the Tide Pod on your head? <laughs> Cracking open a Tide Pod like it's a yeah. fucking egg. Um, <laughs> yeesh. Right. Uh, okay. okay. Is it time for Flames Guess Who now? I guess it is. Um, all, right. all right, let's do it. So, oh. org. So, for yeah. anyone who doesn't remember or hasn't ever listened to an episode of, of us doing Guess Who, basically it's similar to the famous board game Guess Who, except we pick a team and uh, their roster and a couple of extras to boost it up to 25 players. And we're doing the Calgary Flames this week because that was Montreal's opponent a couple times. So we've got three goalies, Markstrom, Riddick, and Louis Domingue. Eight defensemen, Giordano, Hannafin, Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Yusuf Valamaki, Nikita Nesterov, Michael Stone, and Oliver Shillington. And forwards, Matthew Kachuk, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, Andrew Manjapani, Sam Bennett, Josh Levo, Dylan Dubé, Dominic Simone, Milan Lucic, Derek Ryan, Joachim Nordstrom, and Zach Rinaldo. So we put that list of players into uh, random.org list randomizer. We randomize, and we each pick the top one. And we don't tell each other who it is because we're going to be asking each other yes or no questions to try to figure out the other player's player, the, the other person's player first. So I have my player. Do you have yours? I have mine. Um, All right. I do believe I, I won in the season series before we start. Oh, yes. Um, oh, I forgot to I forgot to go back and and, uh, and count up the tally because I'm pretty much lost. I think you're up by like one win. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Okay. So I either take a commanding lead here, uh, we keep it as is if it's a tie, or uh, you tie it up. The mm-hmm. possible All outcomes. Right. I'll mute my incoming audio while you tell our audience who your player is in three, two, one. Yeah, dirty hit, Dylan Dubé. And I'm back. All right. All right, I'm muted in three, two, one. My player is Josh Levo. Right, I'm on my way back now, and I am back. All right. Hello. So, okay. So, um, I don't remember who won the last game. Uh, was it me, or did we tie? I, no, I think it was a tie. It was a tie. It was a tie. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I guess since you have the the lead overall, I guess I will I will defer home uh, floor advantage to you. Yes. And so if that's what you'd like, so for so for match one of three. In this game, if that's the terminology we're using, I shall guess first. And I shall guess, is your player a forward? Is my player a forward? My player is a forward. Uh, unfortunate. Okay, goodbye. Uh, I, think it, I think it's about even this time, eh? Like, we have a... I think it's about uh, even. Yeah, actually. it is pretty close. Uh huh. Yeah, because in the bubble, we were using, like, up to 30 players, and so forwards were a significant majority. But I think there are... Yeah, no, it's not quite. There are fourteen forwards and eleven goalies plus defensemen, okay. so pretty close. All right, very close. Okay, so uh, hmm. All right, 
right, so what should my next thing be? I think I'll go first name. Let's do some alphabetical nonsense. Uh, okay, so let's go to... Okay, first name. Does your player have a first name with, of uh, that starts with L or earlier in the alphabet? Yes, my player's first name does start with L or earlier in the alphabet. Okay, uh, just give me a second. I forgot to uh, copy my spreadsheet a bunch. So... Okay. Okay. All right. So now right. that I split my thing in half, I'm ready to go. Yes. Is your player's nationality, according to Cat Friendly, Canada? My player's nationality uh, is Canada. All right. Good to know. Goodbye to the Swedes and Americans and one check forward. I've got seven players left. Seven players already. Oh, boy. Okay. So I better split this in half real quick. Um, hmm. Let's go. Let's play the number game, shall we? Uh, let's sort the numbers. And so, does your player have a number of twenty-seven or lower? My player's number is twenty-seven or lower. Ah oh, man. Okay, I got I got seven two now. Okay. So okay. We're tied. We're tied. Heading into near the end. I'm going to go with, was your player drafted by the Calgary Flames? Let me just consult. Uh, yes, my player was drafted by the Calgary uh, Flames. All right, so bye Josh Levo, bye Milan Lucic, and bye-bye Zach Rinaldo. So now I've got four players left, Monaghan, Manchapani, Sam Bennett, and Dylan Dubé. Okay, all right. Ooh, man, I have so many J's on this team, like first name J. Got Johnny, Joachim, Jacob, Josh, Yuso. Um, okay. Montreal's got a ton of J's too. So, Maybe it's just a popular hockey letter. So, uh, so, was your player drafted by a team that's not the Calgary Flames? Yes, my player was drafted by a team that's not the Calgary Flames. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, three left. Got the homie Joachim, Jacob, and Josh Levo. Uh, very nice trio. All right, so you're down to three, and I'm at four. Uh, so you're definitely going to take a guess next round. I'm trying to do I try to take a swing for the fences here with four players left, or do I get it down to two? I think I'm going to get it down to two. Is your player's number 30 or lower? My player's number is 30 or lower. All right, we've either got Sean Monahan or Dylan Dubé. Okay. Um, hmm. So, we got three dudes, as I said. Josh, Jacob, and Joachim. Two goalies and a... No, one goalie and two forwards. Two Swedes and a Canadian. Um, you know, Joachim seems pretty... A second-round pick and two third-round picks. I want to go with number 20. Is your player Joachim Nordstrom? No, my player is not Joachim Nordstrom. That's not cute. All right. So you've That's only tough. got two left now, right? All right, nice. okay. I've got two left as well, Monaghan and Dubé. I'm going to go with the less prominent one. Is your player Dylan Dubé? My player is Dylan Dubé. Yay. So, All right. Uh... So you got a chance to, to, to end this round one in a tie, if you can guess correctly here. Okay. I don't like picking goalies, so this one's pretty easy for me. 
Uh, is your player Joshua Levo? Yes, my player is Joshua Levo. Oh. Okay. All right. Was sweating there. Was sweating there. Didn't want to start on the wrong foot. Um, of course. Okay. All right. It's a close one. It's a close one. All right. Sure. Almost was. had it. All right. Tied round one. On to round two. We randomized once more. And I've got my player. Do you have yours? Give me a second. All right. Okay. I got mine. Yes. Okay. I am muting incoming audio in three, two, one. Sean Monahan. And I am back. All right. Okay. Muting in three, two, one. I got a goalie. He's never going to guess it. Louis Domingue. I am returning now. Okay. I'm back. So. Hello. So Hello. now you ready to go? You guess first um, in this I round. I will guess first. Okay. All right. So, do we do a swing? Do we do a lack of a swing? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go. Let's do the last names since I did the first names last time. Um, I was going to do the last names. names. Oh, well, whatever. Okay, well, <laughs> sniped your idea there. Um, sure. Oh, no. What just happened? My spreadsheet just broke a bit. That's a bit unfortunate. Uh, give me a second as I try to solve this technical problem all right so hopefully now that's sorted out it is not sorted out okay anyways um maybe not then i'll i'll leave you the uh the last name category uh let's see let's maybe i'll do wait wait the fun one um okay so does your player uh weigh hmm we have 25 players so does your Oh, okay, two hundred pounds or higher. Um, let me check. I don't have weight on my spreadsheet. Just gonna head over to Cat Friendly, check what they have to say about this player. All right, I've clicked on the player. Two hundred pounds or higher. Yep. Yes, my player does weigh two hundred pounds or more. Very nice. All right, so guess what? Uh. What Google Sheets did to my age column, once again, it thinks that they're all dates. Um, yes, the classic, the classic move. Yeah, Google so Sheets. I'm trying to rectify that right now. Um, and I don't know why it isn't working. Uh, whatever, I guess. Uh, okay, anyway, I'll just ignore that column, I guess, because it's just giving me a hard time. All right, so you didn't go with last name, so I guess I'll just do that one. Uh, because why not? Does your player's last name... Hmm. Last round, you did L or earlier. I think I'm going to go with L or earlier. No, not L or earlier. I'm going to go with B to L. Does your player's last name start with a letter from B to L? No, it does not. Okay. Just wanted to kind of, you know, keep it funky fresh, but goodbye to all the BLs. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, that question last time kind of worked out well for me. So I'm going to ask it again. Was your player drafted by a team that is not the Calgary Flames? Yes, my player was drafted by a team that's not the Calgary Flames. Very nice. Very mm, nice. A very nice. Okay. All right. It's a homegrown go people. With... What shall I go with? I'm going to go with his player forward. My player 
is a forward. All right. Goodbye, goalies and defensemen. I am now down to seven once again. Okay, I'm down to five. So this is Uh Spice City. Um, I only have one forward left. That's so weird. Um, It's Milan Lucic. I got I got two goalies and two defensemen, so I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna ask: Is your player uh, a defenseman? No, my player is not a defenseman. That is that's weird, man. You got a goalie, or you got a what? A forward? You got a Lucic, or you got a goalie? That's okay. Wait, right. How many players do you have left now? I have three. I have a uh, Lucic, Markstrom, and Domingue. Okay, I got seven, and I really want to whittle this down to three now. That would be super nice and cool if that could happen for me. Um, Let's go with some numbers. Numbers never fails. Uh, Is your player's number 30 or lower? Let me consult the number section. Um, Where is... Okay, 30 or lower, you said? My player's number is 30 or lower. No, okay. I got four. Oh boy! Okay, so uh, got Derek Ryan, Matthew Kachuk, Joachim Nordstrom, and Sean Monahan. Spicy four, spicy four. Okay, so you st- who started? I started. Uh, yeah, you started. Okay. Uh, hmm. Okay, so what should I do? All right. So, is your player Milan Lucic? No, my player is not Milan Lucic. Oh man, you got a goalie. That's yeah. so unfortunate for me. Oh, Jesus. I, I was thinking, I, 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 okay, I'll, I'll speak when the round is up. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Is your, was your player a sixth overall draft pick? <laughs> My player was a sixth overall draft pick. All right. We're either Kachuk or Monahan. All right. One of the key players in the Flames. I didn't know that. That's funny. You're, uh, both sixth picks. Okay. I got to get this. I have to get this. Um, Markstrom or Domingue? I just, like, Markstrom was so close to being the guy last time that, like, no. So, I'm going to go, is your player Louis Domingue? Yes, my player is Louis Domingue. Oh. <laughs> With a sign of relief. Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Spicy, spicy. So, all right. So, I've got to tie this round to uh, either Kachuk or Monaghan. The logic I'm using uh, is maybe flawed. But when I asked sixth overall pick, you responded very quickly, either because it's on your it's on your spreadsheet, but I'm inclined to believe you knew for sure that Kachuk was a sixth overall pick, and I don't think you would have gotten Monahan right away, considering it was longer ago. Uh, so I this might just be totally off base. Just kind of guessing, just kind of going with my heart. Is your player Matthew Kachuk? Man, you're totally off base because my player is Sean. Monahan, sixth overall Very pick. Wow. Got that on my spreadsheet. Um, and there we go. Woo. <sighs> All right. When Domingue came up, I was so happy. I even whispered when you muted the audio. I said, oh, it's a goalie. He's never going to get this. But then you ended up with two <laughs> goalies at the end. You ended up with two goalies at the end. So, <sighs> man. Oh, well. Congratulations. I can't Great. believe you won the, the round where I had the goalie. Right, well, just won it. Man. Okay. If, if there's any one that you were going to win, it was that one, right? So, oh, okay. I dodged a board. And I won. I didn't even tie. I put the big dub. Okay. All right. I got to so play for the tie. I'm playing for the tie. This is yeah, dangerous. I'm playing for the tie. Okay. Oh. 
I'm playing for it. I have to win in order to get the tie. Okay, here we go. Yep. I shall mute incoming audio in three, two, one. Chris Tana. Nice. And uh, okay. I'm back. All right. All right, I'm muting in three, two, one. Muted. My player is Elias Lindholm. All right, I'm coming back right about now. Okay. Hello. All right. You excited about your your, your guy at all? I'm not telling you. Is another goalie? I'm huh? not telling no? you. Okay, sure. All right. Fair enough. So I guess first Fair now. Enough. I guess first now. Hmm. Let's go with... Uh. Hmm. What should I do? Let me sort by nationality here. I don't have that much on my spreadsheet, to be totally honest. Uh, I went slim. Okay. I, call, I call slim success. Here we go. That's how I do it. And uh, it's paid off. Wow, the SS. Alliteration for the win. Okay. Uh, is your player uh, born in North America? That's a fun question. Um, yes, my player was born in North America. All right. So goodbye to all these European players. Not off to such a great start. There are quite a few North Americans on this team. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I had the uh, the last name question. My spreadsheet broke last time. I managed to fix it in time. So I'm going to go with that now. Does your player have a last name from M to Z? Last no, my player does not have a last name from M to Z. Okay. So it's A to L. We love to see that. Down to 12 players. Let's go. All right. Um, hmm, should I swing for the fences here? No, not quite. Oh. All right. Playing okay. for oh, kind of win though. Okay. All right. I do have to win. Um, all right. Okay. Here's what I do. Uh, what does he do? What's the strategy? You gotta talk us through it. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking of doing something in terms of handedness, but there, I don't just think there aren't enough right shots uh, here. There's so many lefties on this team. Oh my goodness. There definitely yeah. are many. Um, hmm. so you know what? Screw it. Here we go. Go big or go home. Is does a player shoot right? Uh, I don't know actually. Um, shoot or catch let's right? See. Okay. So my player does shoot right. Oh no! Yes, let's go. <laughs> this is all right. Oh. Down to down to five. Wow. Take risks, everyone. They pay off sometimes. <laughs> Even though I haven't won yet. <laughs> Okay, all right. So, does your player... Was your player... You know, this this whole uh, drafted category is serving well. Was your player drafted by Calgary? Um, My player was not drafted by Calgary. All right, see you later. Six players. Down to six, too. So. Okay, you're down to six. Giving you a one-person lead, yeah. Is your player a forward? My player is not a forward. All right, uh, I'm down to three. I've got Louis oh. Domingue, who it better not be again, Chris Tanev, and Michael Stone. Okay, good trio, good trio. Okay, all right. Was your player drafted by a team that is not the Carolina Hurricanes? No. My player was not drafted by a team that is not the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, so let's say adios to Louis Domingue, who seems to be some sort of superstar today. Josh <laughs> Levo and Milan Lucic. Hello, Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, and Mark Giordano. 
Mr. Undrafted. Okay, so we've each got three. I've got to get this win here. Uh, if I guess this correctly, you still have the chance to tie. So I've got Domingo, I've got Tanev, and I've got Michael Stone. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the no-namer who signed with the Flames a little ways into the season. Is your player Michael Stone? The player's not Michael Stone. Shit. So you're down to two. <sighs> Ugh, uh, I can I, like I can clinch a big sweep right now. Um, sure two nothing. I'm gonna go with the forward. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Swedish man. Oh my goodness! We have you know how you asked if there are two sixth overall picks? Uh, like how we had we had six overall picks. We have fifth yeah. overall picks here. I got two of them uh, here, uh, for yeah. the hurricane. Both oh, yeah, who are now in the flames. <laughs> That's so fun. All right. Um, you know, I'm so tempted to go with Giordano, but like, you know what? I'm going to go with one of those fifth overall dudes. I'm going to go with Elias Lindholm. Yes, my player is Elias Lindholm. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Oh. Uh, it's a route. Was yours Tanev? Yes, it was Tanev. Of course it was, it was Tanev. Christopher All right. Okay. Well, I take comfort in that even if I had even if I had guessed Tanev, you still would have tied yeah. the round and it would have been an L for me, I guess. Well, I guess the moral of the story, people, is don't take risks. Well, um, no, because that's not the moral. Lose. The moral is is <laughs> because the risk worked out. I just couldn't I just couldn't finalize. Did it work out Did it work out? Did it really work out in the end though? That's in, that's the in real a question. vacuum it did. Yeah, but do we live in a vacuum? I live inside ah. a vacuum. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't breathe in here. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Um. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's do nothing for me. The name of the episode. What? Uh, pet vacuum shampoo? of dog shampoo. Vacuum of dog shampoo. Okay. Uh, uh, that's a good one. It. Either that or cancel culture. Um, so that's two nothing for me. It also representative of my two game lead now. Uh, and I think we could say I'm just. I'm like the Habs of Guess Who, right? Wow. Uh-huh. Is the Habs I'm of like, uh, the 15-16 season who start off strong, yeah. but then I come out of nowhere and you miss the playoffs. Right. You know what? Uh, even better analogy, I am the me from fantasy hockey. I'm just that dominant all across the board. Um, it's just, it's flowing well. It's flowing well, people. And, uh... Okay. Yeah, you better pick up your game, man. You're, you're in a bit of a slump. I don't remember the last time you won a game against me outright. I think I won the last one. I still feel like I did. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. No, no. I uh, think we'll, have to, we'll have to go back. I, I'm out. still yeah. in a slump. I think I just had one win in the middle of a slump. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. We'll uh-huh. go back. We'll do the tally. Uh, and, uh, yeah, shout out to Elias Lindholm. Shout out to the two six overall Flames picks and the fifth overall Hurricanes picks. It's a fun time to be a top six draft pick, isn't it? Hell yeah. Yeah, who plays for the Calgary Flames. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure so, uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um, I don't think we went over the COVID stuff, but, like, there's not really much there there to say either, just aside from, like, people are getting COVID. It's not much of a surprise, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't, yeah, I, don't I was talking that we, uh, at the beginning yeah. that, like, that, like, I see the COVID news and it barely registers in my brain. Like you said, oh, uh, the Brinkett. And someone else got COVID, and I was like, "Oh, I might have seen, but I don't even remember." Yeah, it doesn't really, uh, yeah, it doesn't really process. We're just kind of used to it. And that's a uh, <sighs> big sigh. Uh, yeah, big sigh indeed. All right. Um, well, on that note, 
Happy That's January, everybody. Uh, uh, end of January. End of January. Yep. And, uh, and then to the uh, big month number two. Pretty good. And uh, okay. Are you signing off or am I signing off? What's going on here? I sign off. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just congratulating everybody for making it through January, you know? Yeah, Good February stuff, is almost here. Everyone's favorite 28-day month. Um, thank you very mm-hmm. much for listening to this week's Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week on February 7th. Actually, probably not February 7th. I have something that we might have to reschedule. But we'll be back next week uh, at some point. And thank you very much for listening. You can follow this podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handles are in the description. And you can tell all your friends and family about this podcast and force them to listen to it or else.